They don't call them uh, great ghosts for nothing. If I got a thousand decoys or, or two thousand, three thousand decoys out there, we need to sound like that many birds. These animals are playing basically a life or death game of hide and seek, and they're just good at it. The, the cool part about archery is that you can geek out as deep as you want to go. It is their job. Their sole job is to stay alive. That's, that's what they do day in and day out. The sense of accomplishment is unreal yeah. when you put in that much work. Even though they're passions of mine, it's, you know, it still takes a backseat to being a dad and being a husband. So Doing is better than talking. And he had that whole basin lit up with a laser light show machine. <laughs> It's a healthy thing to have passion like this. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Another episode of the Mountain Vision Podcast. Um, on this episode, I sat down with Cody King. Cody with a K. Uh, Cody underscore King underscore. So go check him out on Instagram. Um, but yeah, Cody was uh, nice enough to come by. He, he made the trip down here. Uh, he was actually working down here in the area, in the Sacramento area for work anyway. So it, it was convenient enough for him to swing by. And uh, yeah, man, I, I, I got along great with Cody. He seemed like a really, really good guy. Um, good all around outdoorsman. Um, he, he's a guy, he calls himself a weekend warrior, but <laughs> he's a He's a guy that consistently, I mean, I think he's out literally every weekend. I mean, if he misses a whole weekend, I'd be surprised. I mean, he might miss a day or two here and there, but by the looks of talk, looks, looks of his feet and by the sound of it from talking to him, I mean, I think he, he doesn't miss, miss many opportunities to get out and either get after fish during the summer or, well, even the winter. I mean, right now he's out this weekend. He's out steelhead fishing, so, um, but yeah, I mean – you know, he, he hunts waterfowl, ducks, geese, deer, elk, uh, pigs, gets out after, after fish. And like I said, so he's a consistent, consistently, uh, you know, like I said, just an all around outdoorsman. Sounds like a really good guy. Uh, I look forward to kind of linking up with him at some point in the future. We were talking about maybe getting a hunt together here or there, or getting out on the, on the boat and going fishing or something. So but yeah, go check Cody out. Actually, he he actually brought me some uh, canned uh, uh, albacore and and uh, blacktail deer too. So planning on turning that deer into some shred, shredding it up and making some tacos out of it or something like that. But yeah, I really appreciate him bringing that down. That was nice, nice gesture. So uh, like I said, great conversation. Uh, stay tuned. I think you'll enjoy it. All right. We're recording uh, another episode of Mountain Vision Podcast with, go ahead and introduce yourself, Cody. Yeah, I'm Cody King. Um, you know, I love to hunt and fish and uh, enjoy the outdoors. Hell yeah. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> this guy kills all kinds of stuff, dude. <laughs> Looking at your page, I'm like, man, I thought I hunted. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> no, man, I love it. Like I said, I've had the bug since I was a kid and I uh, grew up into it and I've just been addicted, you know, ever since. And I just can't shake it. Hell yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. So what's like a, just like a quick introduction of like how you got, got into it. You kind of grew up into it, right? Yeah, no, I grew up, you know, hunting and fishing. Um, grew up up on the North coast, actually, you know, born and raised in Arcata and, uh, grew up there duck hunting and, deer hunting and salmon fishing and you know just pretty much anything you could do in the area I grew up doing from a young age um and uh, yeah just you know that's my hometown and I've kind of branched out from there and uh you know checked everything out oh yeah that's awesome dude 
Yeah, I know you're. Uh, you guys have been stacking some piles of waterfowl this season. Yeah, it's been a really good waterfowl season for the geese. Um, you know, kind of had a drought year, so the geese were really wanting to play this year, like they usually do on drought years, and you know, kind of a little tougher for the ducks, but. We seemed to travel and make it happen when the geese didn't want to cooperate. And, uh, you know, it was a great waterfowl season for sure. You oh, always yeah. try to put one together. Nice. So what? Uh, before I forget, because I probably will, where, where can people find you on Instagram? Um, you know, Cody King's my name. So my Instagram handle is uh, Cody, K-O-D-Y underscore King, K-N-G underscore. Um, so that's where you can find me on Instagram. I just... Pretty much post whatever I'm doing that time of year and just try to keep it all, you know, up to date. Hell yeah. Nice, dude. So what did you, uh, so you're, you do waterfowl, you, you hunt big game, you kind of, you fish, you kind of do it all. Um, yeah, I mean, wh- one thing I, you know, really strive to do is, I, you know, I, I like to do it all. I don't like to focus on one thing. You know, I grew up doing it all and uh, I just you know, that's kind of where I've been is I, it's hard for me to focus on one thing. I just branch out and there's always something to do. You know, California's yeah. got so much to offer. So year round, I mean, you know, hunting or fishing, wherever the adventure's at, I'm chasing it. Yeah. And I feel like, it, I don't know if it's just, I mean, I know guys do it all over the country, but like, it seems like a lot of guys in, in the area or in California kind of, kind of do both. And that's kind of one reason why, like with the podcast, I'm like, you know, for a while I was like, should I just do big game or should I just do waterfowl or should I keep it more focused on one thing? But I'm like, dude, I feel like everybody I talk to, not everybody, but a lot of guys do, do both. So, yeah, I know it's, it's funny because, you know, obvious, you know, obviously I love to do both, but you know, I, I'm a waterfowl hunter at hunt at heart. Like I love to waterfowl hunt. Like, you know, I grew up deer hunting. I love deer hunting. Like, don't get me wrong, but Something about, you know, breaking down ducks and geese in the spread, especially big wads of snows and specks. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's where my heart's at, you know, and, and I'm not taking away from deer hunting at all because I love to deer hunt and, you know, I grind on it just as hard as I do waterfowl. But yeah. waterfowl is what I love to do and, uh, you know, that's that's just the way it is. And I love to fish too, so throw that in the mix and it's, yeah. just, a, it's just a mess, you know. Mix for a full year. Yeah. <laughs> Well, shit. You want to just uh, you want to just kind of dive into like what what this past season has been, and then and then we'll just kind of re- like cover your uh, your past deer elk season, and then go into how your waterfowl season went, which just just kind of came to a close, I think, and then uh, kind of go over maybe you know roll into what your upcoming season is going to be. Yeah, or what no. you got it planned? Yeah, no, sounds good. Um... You know, you know, I ocean fish real heavy in the summertime, you know, catching kings and halibut, so I roll over from that. And uh, this year it was kind of funny. Uh, you know, we uh, I usually don't uh, do a early waterfowl season, but I did that early uh, Canadian goose hunt this year, and uh, it was a blast. We pounded on some Canada's early really hard when they're just, you know, nice and dumb and doing it good. And it was fun. I don't get to do that very often. And then obviously, you know, deer season, um, start out, you know, hunting up in B zone. Like I always do early season, you know, get a little earlier season there on the coast and stuff and hunted over the ocean and, you know, had some opportunities at some bucks, but just couldn't find nothing that, you know, I wanted to connect with. And, uh, then rolled into the regular B zone season. Um, I got 
pretty lucky on opening weekend. You know, everything was closed down, and I decided to throw a Hail Mary and, uh, you know, went and chased some blacktail in a spot that I knew held some bucks, but wasn't sure how it was going to be, kind of low country spot, and uh, I hunted my ass off for two days, and I turned over like two does and a spike and got frustrated and decided, man, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get out of here. Like, you know, this is, it was, a, it was the toughest opener of, I think I might've ever had. And just with really? the fires and stuff going on. Yeah. You know, I'm eager to relate like the, all the national forces closed and then yeah. they opened it the day of the season. It was a mess. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. So anyways, I was hiking out of that spot and I jumped a buck like a half mile from the truck really, and killed it. And it happened to be just this Mondo four by three. And nice. I mean, it was, it was rewarding cause I was sweating and it was smoky. I mean, you look at that picture, there's just smoke, yeah. just barreled smoke in the background. And it just shows yeah, it like thick. what the fire season really was, you know? Yeah. And this buck was just bedded down, just trying to breathe in that air, you know, like yeah. he, he didn't want it, you know, he yeah. didn't want to get up and start running. Like, so I got I got rewarded, you know. I was I threw a hail mary on a BLM spot and it produced a buck and um, and then from there I you know I kind of hunted hard. I hunted uh, the coast a little bit, ran into a really nice buck and uh, snuck in on him. Got into range of him, but he took off running. And anyways, he gave me a shot at 400 yards, and I actually ended up passing on the shot because it was in one of the nastiest drainages that. You could imagine, I mean, I, I was by myself and I just was like, I, I can't get this deer out if I shoot it. Yeah. And so I ended up letting him go. And okay. uh, f- from there on, it was just a tough season for me. Yeah. 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 That smoke was intense this year. <laughs> for a while there, dude, I thought, th- for a while there, I thought like, I kind of considered deer season over because I thought like when they closed all the forests, I was like, dude. I'm just going to start worrying about or just thinking about duck hunting, you know, like, yeah, I didn't really, I kind of, I kind of just threw it out the window. Like, like it was over. And then all of a sudden this, you know, they start opening things back up again. And then I'm like, Oh, it's hard for me to like, I don't know. Cause like when it's deer season, I'm like all about deer, but when duck season hits, I'm all about ducks. So like, it's hard for me to like switch gears. So like, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm the same way. Like, I've missed duck op so this just puts into pr- I I've missed duck opener my entire life like I've never hunted a duck opener because it usually lines up with B zone. Uh-huh. I hunted duck opener this year. Yeah. For the first <laughs> time in my life really? because of the smoke. Dang. And just how difficult of a time I was having finding bucks in the normal spots that I usually turn them up in, you know. Yeah. And uh I had a blast. I mean, I hunted opener, we killed a bunch of geese and shot some mallards and stuff and it was fun, but I mean, looking back on it, I, I would have rather been deer hunting, you know, I just, yeah. you know, I, deer season's deer season. You only get so much time and yeah. you go deer hunting and um, it was just a tough season. Yeah. I think everybody felt it a little bit, you know, I mean, it, the smoke was nothing to reckon with. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Then once this, yeah. Well, before and after the smoke cleared out, there was just everybody and their mother hiking up and backpacking in the mountains and stuff like that too. yeah well, like i said i i was fortunate i got you know i usually can find you know a couple quality bucks and uh i got you know lucky with that one opening weekend and he's i'm getting him mounted he was a beautiful buck and I, it's one of the nicer blacktail i've ever killed and 
Nice. I mean, I can honestly say it was dumb luck, and it was because I was out of my comfort zone. I was hunting somewhere that I wasn't used to hunting, and yeah. But it just goes to show. I mean, you know, a little experience, and you, you know, get you, out there. You huh? can still turn them up. You know, I mean, it's just the skills. You know, what you picked up over time. I mean, yeah, it's always going to bat for you, no matter where you're at. Hell so yeah. What uh, you said you're getting that one mounted. Yeah, no, I'm getting that one mounted. Who's, who do you uh, take your um, the taxidermy? There's a there? taxidermist in Humboldt called Heritage Taxidermy. Okay. She's done a couple mounts for me. Um, okay. She does really clean, good work. She's, you know, a couple years out on mounts just because there's really no taxidermist up in that area. So she just gets hammered with blacktail. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But it's worth, you know, it's worth taking a blacktail there, especially if you're on the coast. I mean, there's some great taxidermists over here in the valley, but... yeah you know you're yeah that's where i live so when you got a dead buck at your yep. house and you're trying to get it all taken care of and you yeah. know all that i mean it's just easy to take it to a taxidermist right then and there yeah for sure hell yeah and then you uh what you hunted elk this year right yeah so uh you know i've been hunting elk um since i turned 18 we've been going out of state for elk my family's always gone out of state for elk and uh Anyway, so we've been going to Colorado the last, I think it's been seven or eight years. We just go back there and kind of hunt whatever back there, you know. I mean, we just get those over-the-counter tags and just kind of roam around. And we got, like, honey holes, you know, that we have. You know, some people we met that there's some ground. And, you know, we hunt, you know, random public ground and stuff. And we just, we found little pockets of BLM and National Forest that hold elk. And so we went back there this year. But... The kicker about that this year was uh, it was supposed to be me, my two cousins, my dad, and my uncle. And uh, we get all loaded up, two trucks loaded down, ready to go to Colorado. And um, the night we were supposed to leave, I get a call at 2 a.m. in the morning. We're supposed to leave at 4 a.m. to drive to Colorado the day before the season opens. Oh, okay. I get a call at 2 a.m. from my dad, and uh, he goes, hey, uh, you know, we're – we might not be going to Colorado this year. And I go, what happened? And he goes, oh, your grandfather had a stroke. Oh, man. And I'm like, what? Like, we're leaving. Like, that, the same morning we're leaving. And I just, all these mixed emotions. They airlifted my grandpa to Redding from Humboldt. I mean, oh, it was man. pretty serious. And Yeah. So we drove to Redding. You know, pretty much the day we're supposed to drive to Colorado, we drove to Redding and went to visit with my grandpa. And he ended up, you know, he's still – going today end up you know he's i mean he's not all right but he's still going and yeah uh, anyways my dad and my uncle you know we kind of got in a group and they made the decision obviously to stay with my grandpa uh and uh told me and my two cousins to go back to colorado and get it done okay and yeah. i mean we'd always gone with my dad and my uncle like you know i'm you know I'm pretty, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty good hunter back there, but, like, they've been doing it for years and years, and, like, I've only been doing it since I was 18, so yeah. there's, like, this new pressure to, like, go back to Colorado and, like, be successful yeah. without my dad and my uncle, and, yeah, I mean, it, you know, there was a lot of emotions there, and then it's, like, you know, felt like we had to do it for my grandpa and stuff, and oh, yeah. it was, the emotional roller coaster that was was pretty intense. Yeah, I bet. So we uh, loaded up that night, and we drove all through the night to Colorado. Really? And got there at, like, noon on opening day. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, 
you know, of course we got there and it was super warm when we got there. The weather was not in our favor at the start of the season this year. Yeah. And so we just went, we just went to the bar and started drinking and we just, really? we just saw our grandpa, I mean, our grandpa, you know, yeah. our grandpa had a stroke and we just got the car on and the emotions were up and we we're just like, let's just burn the day and we're going to start fresh tomorrow. And so the yeah. second day of the season, we, uh, went it, you know, we went into this one spot and we sat all morning and uh, my cousin, you know, I was with my one cousin. We kind of split off as me and my cousin, and my other cousin, and he went off a different way. And we turn up a few bulls and they're bedded down or just they're kind of in some timber and waiting for them to get out. Well, some yahoo comes through and just blows them out of the timber and kind of screws it all up. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Well, you know, he screwed that up. I said, let's split up, you know, and we'll hunt. Well, we split up. Well, I turn up a herd of like 60 head. Really? <laughs> and uh, I'm just like, oh, man, they're like 450 yards. And I get down on my pack and pick out a five-point bull and, you know, shoot. And I just smoke him. Yeah. And he drops. And I go, right on. You know, we're starting this trip off right. We got one down. And I'm all pumped up. Well, I take another. I throw my glasses on the bull. And he's standing up again. I and mean, them things are tough, you know. Yeah. So yeah. then he takes off running across the hillside. And it turns into a little bit of a rodeo. And up knocking him down after putting a couple more in him. Because he kept stopping, you know. Yeah. Just a tough animal. And knocked him down. And I'm like, wow, we found some elk. We're in them. Yeah. You know, it was really warm. And we were like half mile from the truck. So it was super easy pack, you know. I mean, we were feeling good. And it's like, right on. We're getting this thing started. And. Um, we didn't turn an elk up again. Well, we turned an elk up the fourth day of the season right at dark. Yeah. A bull. And, uh-huh. uh, just couldn't, it was too late. We couldn't connect with them. And, uh, we went till the second to last day of the season without seeing, we just saw that one legal bull. It was okay. just warm and the weather was just not on our side and we were not turning up very many elk. Yeah. And just turned into this grinder trip and my cousins were just super down. Yeah. Like, they're like, you know, let's pack up and get out of here and blah, blah. And I'm just like, you guys don't get it. Like, you know, I've been watching the weather and it's supposed to drop the end of the week. And I think these elk are going to move. And I said, we got to come back with some elk meat, man. Like, you know, yeah. weights on our shoulders. Like, you want to go back to grandpa until we didn't get our elk? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, the last two days of the season, uh, turn up, we hunted the second to last day of the season, me and my cousin. And, uh nothing all morning and then the afternoon we went out just went on this hike through the timber we had a six-point bull run across the road like 30 yards in front of us really and my cousin drops it <laughs> and it was like right like 10 minutes before shooting light i'm just like miracle you know right so we get that one down then the next when we're driving out all these elk are running across the road on this blm ground yeah and they're running up in this canyon i'm just like i know where those elk are gonna be the next day i said i, I know where we're going tomorrow and we went there and the whole herd cut across this opening that we set up on and my younger cousin shot his bull. So the last two days of the season, we killed our last two bulls. Nice, dude. And got out of there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so we came back with three bulls, two yeah. six points and a five point, and the emotions are up and we were stoked. And, oh, man, it was a crazy trip this year. That's cool, dude. Yeah. Grandpa was, grandpa was excited. We all we all went back, saw Grandpa, walked into his room with the racks, you know, oh, and really? showed him, and he was smiling ear to ear. You know, it was just crazy. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah, so. dude. That was, our, that was probably the biggest trip for me this year just because yeah. of the circumstances and everything that happened. And, yeah. You know, I, I just couldn't believe that, you know, a grinder like that just turned into just this epic trip, you know, where 
the yeah. three amigos come back with three bulls it was just awesome hell yeah yeah that's cool hell yeah um that is cool man i need to i need to get out there and chase some elk dude dude elk are fun <laughs> like that's my i mean like that's one thing i do every year is i love to go elk hunting like you know i've i've mule deer hunted before i've shot a mule deer i mean they just don't get me as excited as elk i mean not you know guys work hard they kill big mule deer i mean like you know i get it like everyone's got different feelings about things but yeah i'm just crazy about out of state out of state elk like yeah. some about like a big herd of elk like especially when you're sitting on a spot and you're watching this opening and a big herd decides they're gonna walk across that opening on you and it just all comes together like that and you got 200 elk cutting across this opening on you i mean it's just your your heart's pumping I mean, those are big animals cutting across yeah. in front of you you know what i mean and then when they stop in that opening and give you that shot it's i i don't know it's just a hard feeling to not yeah. want, not want to feel over and over again every year hell yeah no, i but, get it but yeah i've hunted uh you know i we started out hunting in utah mm -hmm. um and then we hunted idaho and then oregon we hunted in oregon a couple of years and then we hunted colorado and um colorado seemed to just be the best fit you know the over yeah. the, over the counter tags and you know there's just a lot of ground there and you know yeah. that that third season there seems like the elk move down good and you catch them in the low country and yeah it's just a good you know seems like the best fit but i mean my family's hunted all over out of state for elk I mean, that's been my family's thing for all yeah. these years is they always went out of state elk hunting yeah they told me i couldn't go till i was 18 so when i turned 18 i just fell in love with it yeah Hell yeah. Yeah, I've only been on one elk hunt in Oregon with my wife's uncle. Like, the area we were in was pretty thick, but he had a muzzleloader tag, and we were just kind of cruising cruising the – it was like fresh snow that day. It was it was like a Thanksgiving trip we went up there, and, like, we had a couple days to, to hunt. Right. Or one day, really. But so pretty much just because of the time frame we had, we just drove drove roads and looked for fresh tracks because it was fresh snow. And – uh um, but yeah, we came across a couple small herds of herds of elk and dude, it's, it's just crazy how, I think we were kind of messaging back the other day, like just how quick they move through, through thick country, man. They just, their long legs, they just like freaking cruise through that stuff so fast, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he didn't end up getting one, but we had a close call. Like he took a shot on, on a spike or something. It was like a hair tag. I think they called a hair tag up there, which is either a doe or a or a buck, whatever. So he sh he shot at a spike, and there was like a tuft of hair like in the snow. Yeah, and that was it, dude. Like there was no blood. <laughs> I mean, we we came back the next day and everything, and like tracked for hours. We never found any. We never found any blood, but just that tuft of hair, dude. Like it was like almost like he nicked the back of it, and it just popped off like a puff of hair yeah. and just landed in the snow and we're like did he did he miss i mean we, we weren't that yeah, far like, away yeah like no blood but you're kind of wondering like well what yeah. happened you know like yeah. it was right there yeah like i think he must have just barely nicked its back or something but i don't know it was a muzzleloader so <laughs> they're not yeah. the most accurate guns man i'll tell yeah just those animals are incredible yeah, you kind of cool. you kind of said like you know how they move and stuff like um i've walked into that timber those elk walk in and it's amazing, like, you know, the, the, like de the right deadfall. It, huh? And, like, there there's trees 
you know, you walk it like I don't I don't go hunt them in their timber. Like that's like their domain. Like you know, that's like the number one rule to me. Like besides like the bow hunting elk, like in Oregon, some of these states yeah. really, you know, and stuff like where you you know you hunt kind of like this more open timber, you know. But like that timber we hunt in Colorado is super thick. Yeah, we don't we don't hunt it, but I'm just saying the timber in Colorado is super thick. And I've walked into there before. I mean, the deadfall, it's like you're crawling over this deadfall. And yeah. These animals are just, I mean, it's their normal trail. It's they're their walking like walk trail. Right over it, huh? Oh, yeah, it's like this tree you have to climb over. You know, there's just elk. They're just walking right over the top of it like it's yeah. nothing. And I, you can't, not like a deer, you know, like you could, you can hang with a deer on some of the trails they go on, you know, but you're not hanging with an elk on his trail through the timber. Yeah. Like that's. They just cut right. They just it, cut yeah. wherever they want because they can just walk over everything, you know. Hell yeah. They're just incredible animals, and then, you know, you get them on a big open hillside, you know. For example, in like in Colorado, there's a lot of like we call them quakies. They're like this sh- these shrub trees, you know. Yeah. Like aspens. And it's a yeah like aspens, you know, and it's just amazing. Like you just glass the hillside, and you don't see nothing, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, there's one, and you look, and it's like. Yeah, there's a there's an elk, and then you start looking, and, and before you know it, you pick like you know 15 elk out, and you just they're just elusive, like uh, how they hide in that stuff. Yeah, like you spot one, and you can like start picking them out, you know. Yeah. But they're a big animal to like be elusive like that, you know. Yeah. It's just you think they just stick out like a sore thumb, big blonde elk in the snow on a hillside, but. Yeah. No, they they tuck in behind those wakeys and you can just like barely see them, and it's that's it just amazes me. And um, I like I said, I just love hunting elk. Hell yeah! The I shot a pretty nice six point uh, one year, and uh, you know he's he's a big bull. I never got him scored, but I mean he was a really nice bull for Colorado, and he's euro to my house now. Okay. Um, but like him, like I was just walking a road in a snowstorm and. It was like a movie almost, like you could just barely see down this road, like maybe 40 yards, and yeah. I'm just hunting because I'm in Colorado. I'm going to hunt, you know, and he steps out of the timber right on the skid road at like 40 yards and stands there broadside and looks at me, you know, and it's dumping snow. You can barely see, and it, I'll never forget that because it was like, and he just, it was like he knew that he was done for, you know what I mean? He just yeah. stood there, and I settled right in on him, and, I mean, just dropped him in his tracks, and I mean, they're just ah, that story. I mean, they're just fun. I love elk hunting out of state. It's yeah. just a lot of. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved elk hunting California, right? I got yeah. max points and still haven't got drawn. Really? Yeah. yeah <laughs> what is max points like? What I think it's eighteen now. Is it? Yeah. Man, I got max points on. Uh, Elk and antelope. Is it frustrating when you see those guys get like random draws after like two years? It's not for, I mean, you know, it's funny because. <laughs> like, my, dude, really? Well, like, so like my dad, he put in for elk his whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Like random, you know, it used to be random draw and then they switched to preference points. And so he stacks up, you know, I think he had like, you know, it was like when the max was at like 10 or something. I mean, this has been like probably eight years ago. So he gets drawn for elk. He gets drawn random. <laughs> Wasn't even the preference oh, really? point draw. <laughs> but they still took his points away, you know. But oh, his man. draw was a random draw. Like, so he didn't get drawn on the preference points. He got drawn on the random. Oh, man. And he was just stoked, you know. After putting in for like 30 years, he's like, really, I'm going to get drawn randomly? when I got max points on a preference point system, you know. Yeah. Like, just, I mean, just r- ridiculous. But, yeah, yeah I, 
I'm just waiting my turn. I mean, I'm still young, you know, and I got like right when I turned 12 was like right when it went to preference points. So I was able to be right on cue with the max preference points. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm just waiting <laughs> for my opportunity, man. I, I can't wait to get drawn for elk and antelope. I, it's going to be fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'd like to get on an antelope. I'm going to try to get on an antelope hunt this year, hopefully with my uncle. And I don't know, we're thinking about Wyoming, like a trip to Wyoming or something would be fun. Yeah, I've never, I mean, I've never done Wyoming, but I have buddies that do it. And I mean, it sounds like a blast. You go yeah. back there and buy just tags over the counter and yeah. there's just antelope everywhere. And I hear the ranchers are really friendly. And really, you know, you just yeah. go like, hey, mister it to people. And they got all these antelope in their field and, yeah. you know, maybe throw them a few dollars or something. And I mean, they'll let you buy just a, go a jump on the, Yeah, they're just super <laughs> laid back, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, it's just super cool, I guess. But I've never done it, but it's something I want to do too, especially not shooting an antelope before. Yeah. I'm like waiting on this California tag, but it's like, well, I got max points. When's that going to happen? You yeah. Know? Well, like the Wyoming antelope hunt, I think you can, I mean, I think there's still a draw tag, but but I think you can get them first year. Like, I don't think it takes much to get. No, the, the way I understand it, you could buy antelope tags over the counter. Oh, really? Wyoming. And like, yeah. not, I'm not talking one antelope tag. I'm talking like three or four antelope tags. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I got okay. buddies that go back there and they stack a, I mean, they just stack trailer with antelope. I okay. Mean, they'll go like four guys and they'll bring back like 15 animals. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to look into it a little bit more, but. No, it's supposed to be just the antelope mecca of yeah. you know, the UN. They're supposed to be just running everywhere like rats, you know. That's cool. Man. It'd be fun, you know. It'd be I a went lot on a, a Oregon antelope trip a couple of years ago with my uncle, and he got one, and it was fun, dude. Like, I mean, we the first the first morning I was there, we shot it, like, or he shot it, like within the first hour. Dude, oh, like, really? Yeah, that, <laughs> that like, is what really thing. the trip's over. Like, yeah. That's it. I mean, we spent a couple of days still like cruising around on quads, yeah. and messing around and shooting, whatever, chasing coyotes around and stuff. But yeah, my dad got drawn for California antelope, and it's the same story you just really? described. Like he went and like scouted it, you know, like a couple of weekends. He had this really nice antelope picked out, and you know, he's all looking online like you know, how to score it, you know, and what the different score is. He's like, oh, I got It's going to score good. I got a good one picked out, you know. Yeah. And so we go back there and we find the group, you know, he's like, oh, here's the herd. He should be with them. And this is opening morning, right? It's like you said. It's like the hunts. I'm like, this hunt's going to be over before it even started, you know. Yeah. The antelope, the there was no buck with the group. Oh, really? He wasn't with them. My dad just starts like freaking out, like somebody shot him the day for the season, and all this. And wow, we're gonna have to go turn up another big buck, and because he'd been looking at him like for two week, two weekends before that. And I'm like, well, let's hunt this evening, you know, blah blah. We'll see what happens. So we just go back out to the same area in the evening. Well, the buck, you know, they're rutting that time of year, and uh, the buck had split off with like two two does. Oh, okay. And so the antelope. So here's the herd, and then all of a sudden we see, like, these random two antelope off to the side, and I'm like, well, there's two antelope over there. What are those doing? And then all of a sudden here comes, and it's the buck he's, he'd been watching, and he's with oh, okay. these two, like, branched off of the herd. Yeah. And so it's funny because the herd, you know, they didn't really see us. They're kind of in a low spot. And the, uh, the two does that the buck was with, they see us, and they kind of look at us, and 
they're really curious, you know, they're just curious. And then that buck pops up behind him and he sees us and he's like, and he looks like my dog almost he's like tilting his head and shit, you know? Yeah. And it's like, they're just super curious animals, especially that time of year. And so we're like tucked behind this rock and I'm like, and my dad's like, should I kill him? I'm like, well, he's like 200 yards, you know? And I'm like, I think he's running at us. <laughs> and, and I, and my dad looks up and this antelope's at a dead sprint at us. Really? Yeah, and then he gets to like a hundred yards and stops, and he's just like lifting his head up, like looking at us, you know, behind this rock. And yeah. I'm like, I think he doesn't know what we are, you know. And the wind was kind of blowing in our face, you know. So yeah. I was kind of with us. And then I'm like, he's coming again. He ran within forty yards of us. Are you serious? And left the two does behind him. And before you know, it, we got this beautiful buck. You know, this beautiful antelope stand there at like 40 yards, and he's just still trying to figure out what we are. What the hell? And so dad pulls up and just smokes him in the neck off the rock, and it was, like you said, it's over before it got started. But (laughs) it was just crazy how curious, you know, of animals they are. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. I'm not saying I've hunted a lot of antelope, but maybe that was just a weird encounter. But I've kind of heard that from different people, that they're super curious animals like that, but... Yeah, but I've also heard the story where, like, you know, they see you and they just take off yeah, running they see across you from the hundreds of yards yeah. away and they just bolt like sixty-five miles an hour. I mean, it seemed like he was pretty rutted up, and uh, you know, yeah. I don't know that it might have had a lot to play with it. Maybe it was just yeah, a weird that's interesting. Year. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it was a it was a super fun hunt and it was a really nice yeah. antelope. He's got it mounted and everything now. Nice. And, yeah, it was a. I, like I said, I had a blast. I can't wait to get drawn for California antelope because it's just a special tag, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah, be good. Yeah, I, I think of it as like, I don't know. It's not not that I want like an easy, ha- like someone to hand me like the success, but like I just don't have a lot of like big game experience. So like getting like, I think I, I just foresee like antelope hunting being like a little bit easy kind of, kind of like, I mean. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much drive around and see antelope I, I pull mean, over, I maybe think, walk in a little bit and, and shoot I, them. And especially <laughs> California with how hard they make it to draw a tag um, and whatnot, you know, I feel like it might be even, you know, compared to other states even, it might be that much easier. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, some of, some of those antelope we saw, I mean, they just don't even care. Yeah, the ones I've driven by in California, well, even Nevada too, I mean, like, you know, I mean, they're a couple hundred yards away, but like they don't run away from you when you're driving by in your truck, or if you stop along the side of the road in your truck, like you could. <laughs> yeah, no, and like if you're in a big opening, it seems like they'll run out to like maybe 500 yards, and then they'll stop and kind of just go back to what they're doing. Like, oh, he's not gonna shoot me on flat ground 500 yards, you know? Like, yeah, I'm good, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, they're just, I don't know, it's just they cover such a big flat area that. Yeah, they're, well, they're usually just in flat on flat ground. Oh, just too, flat so ground, it's just like. How far do you know how to shoot, you know? Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. <laughs> We're like deer just hiding behind boulders or rocks well, or trees. Well, you talking about or... California deer? Because California deer are going to hide in every hill they can't hide I'm pretty in. sure they climb trees, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, uh, no, there's something, you know, like, you know, switching over to California blacktail and, you know, because that's what I hunt a lot. I hunt a lot of B-Zone. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like I, I put in for, uh, you know, that Kobo archery tag and you know i've got it once and it was a great hunt had a lot of success on that hunt um but besides that i just usually buy my two b zone tags like right now i'm stacking up points i don't really know what i want to do with them like 
I'm to the point where I could put in for that archery tag again, but at the same time, I you know I hear a lot of guys talking about egg zone and think I might want to check egg zone out, you know. But yeah. when it comes to B zone blacktail, I mean those are just they're like the little rats of deer, you know. They're yeah. just you know they, they they like compare to like a Sitka blacktail or something. I mean they're just like these little body deer compared to the rest of California, just like A zone or whatever. And yeah, they're just elusive. I mean. And they'll just go down, like, if you jump them, I mean, they just, they'll run off a mountainside to get away from you. I mean, they're just crazy deer. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, the mule deer are kind of, you know, they're like that too, obviously. I mean, yeah. just California deer in general, they're just running scared. A lot of predators, a lot of hunting pressure. But, yeah. you know, once you kind of pattern some areas that work good for you, you know, you start seeing some success repeating itself, you know. Hell yeah. Um. You know, yeah. I was I was really fortunate. You know, I, I grew up in it and was exposed to deer hunting in California a lot growing up. You know, I started trailing my dad, you know, in the Trinity Alps when I was like eight years old, following his footsteps and, you know, killed my first buck in the Trinity Alps when I was 12 years old with my dad and, um, you know, just had a lot of exposure to it. Um, grew up on our, my grandpa had a, has a ranch too that we grew up hunting and you know, as a kid, I was able to get a lot of experience from, you know, hunting that ranch and seeing how deer act and, you know, what they do. And I mean, you know, if I'd be lying if I said that that didn't help my success, you know, yeah. everywhere else, because, you know, what I've taken from that, you know, onto public land when I chase deer, I mean, you know, the deer, you know, they act, they're going to act the same. There's just less of them on public ground. Yeah. Like, you're seeing more deer obviously on private ground than public ground, but like you just know how the deer are acting. So it's easier. Like when you see the deer on public ground to know what to do. And yeah, I've just, I found that correlation a lot, you know, like, but it's, it was cool growing up and having a spot that you could go, you know, have to yourself and kill a buck. And yeah, um, we got hit with blue tongue. Um, it was like 2000, early two thousands. It killed a lot of our deer off on our ranch. Oh, really? And, uh, you know, I, I used to, you know, some years I'd fill both my tags on our ranch and some years I'd just fill one tag, but I was always filling a tag on the ranch growing up as a kid. And then usually I'd go do some public land hunting with our family, you know, because it's kind of a late area. The deer migrate onto a ranch. It's right against the river, so it's kind of low country. Uh-huh. So we don't hunt it a lot early. We usually hunt public ground early and like, the last – two or three weekends of the season we hunt you know we, we go hunt the ranch and uh yeah after blue tongue hit the deer population just really dropped off okay and so we kind of changed the structure of how we manage the ranch and you know like now we only like last year we killed one buck off that ranch but we have a lot of deer on the ranch but we try to just target you know a big mature blacktail on the ranch and besides that it's like well if, you know if you want to go fill your two deer tags you know go yeah. go do it on public ground because yeah you know we're managing this ranch to kill you know smoker deer and you know okay. like my, you know like my dad killed a really nice buck on the ranch this year and usually we kill like one or two nice bucks on the ranch where when i was a kid you know we might kill like eight bucks on the ranch in a season yeah and it's just when blue tongue hit and then the predators came in and there's just a lot more management that came to it and it's like you know if you just hunted that place the same way you would just you'd wipe out the game on the ranch, you know? Yeah. So we kind of had to, I kind of had to adapt, I guess. And, 
you know, I still want to fill both my deer tags, which, you know, normally I do fill both my deer tags every season. This year, you know, I actually didn't. I only filled one deer tag, but yeah, um, we had to adapt. And so I started hunting, you know, a lot more public ground. And a lot of seasons, I only found myself hunting, you know, our family property, like, you know, one week and maybe a season just because, you know, I was working hard to try to fill or fill two deer tags and kind of left it to like my grandpa, you know, my grandpa was hunting and stuff. And it's kind of like, well, I'm a young kid. I'll just run across the ranch and find a nice buck and yeah, kill it, you know? And oh yeah. So, yeah. So it's kind of funny how like, you know, you kind of have to adapt with everything that's happened between predators and blue tongue. And, you know, you take something like that, that was like this sweet gig where you could kill all these bucks on it to where it's like, well, let's try to manage it back to something healthy and, yeah, yeah. you know, keep the predators yeah. off of it and, yeah. You know, try to keep something that you know you can still harvest nice mature blacktail off of and uh -huh. have somewhere to do that so hell yeah interesting yeah yeah it's, it's been a roller coaster for sure yeah hell yeah so, so then you uh what so you want to you want to switch gears to waterfowl or what yeah, we can switch gears to waterfowl. What do you want to know about waterfowl? I don't know, man. What do you know about You're waterfowl? You're a waterfowl hunter. You know just as much as I do. I like you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was a waterfowl hunter until I... <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. No, I just... Uh, yeah, dude. What? What? Uh, what's your guys' game up there? I mean, are you... Do you mostly hunt, like fields or private land or clubs um, well, or refuges or what well up there in humble you know when i do hunt there i hunt a lot in the bay we got okay the, we got humble bay up there and we, you oh, know, yeah. we get a migration of ducks that come through humble bay so growing up as a kid you know i hunted humble bay a lot obviously like that was my i didn't i couldn't drive and stuff and i'd get dropped off at spots around the bay and hunt ducks and stuff and yeah as i grew older you know i kind of uh switch gears i went to chico state and when i went to chico state i found drank this, too much beer yeah i drank a lot of beer that's for <laughs> sure but I, I also found this love for hunting the valley yeah yeah and uh yeah, there's a lot of hunters in chico dude. <laughs> yeah i mean I, and that's kind of my gig now is you know when the weekend comes i pack up and i i take off for the valley and you know all my hunting pretty much happens in the valley now for ducks i mean i might hunt every once in a while back in humboldt but um and there's ducks to hunt there don't get me wrong but i just found that the ducks in the valley taste better and you know whatnot um but yeah in humble i did a lot of uh have you ever heard of skull boats yeah so i me and my dad have built a few skull boats together and i, okay. I, I actually do a lot of schooling oh, okay um you know so we built a few boats together and that's one of my tactics in humble probably my most common tactic for duck hunting in humble oh, really? hmm. is sculling ducks where you row up on them you know laying down sneaking on them and then you you know get within 20 30 yards of them and sit up and shoot them off the water and shoot them out of the air what you know whatever they decide to do yeah um so do quite a bit of sculling like i said we got a few different boats for different situations you know rough water two guys one guy i mean you know different boats fit different situations yeah um, so I, you know, I do that over there. And then once I start hunting the Valley, it's just, you know, mainly just, we got a lot of like sweet little, you know, spots that we hike into and stuff. And then, you know, a mixture of some private ground we goose hunt on and duck hunt on and we hit the refuges. The refuges were not good to me this year. Really? I, I hunted the refuge 
three times on three different resis and it seemed like every time we got drawn it was bluebird weather and yeah we'd go and i mean we you know we'd kill like four ducks a piece or something but it you know it wasn't like lights out like you yeah. know the refuge you know like i remember the refuge always being yeah, yeah. so i kind of find myself phasing a little bit away from the refuge and just kind of figure it out more like more like honey hole kind of spots you know that we kind of yeah. you know we'll hike into and stuff or yeah stuff like that and we'll just kind of find ourselves doing that more but i mean this year the goose hunting was just too good to pass up really i mean you know we were just goose hunting you know weekend after weekend at least seemed like we were running like a goose hunt every weekend and that's yeah. usually not normal you know usually like you get maybe two or three goose hunts in in a season and really that's like you know all you're gonna get in but yeah. the geese were there this year and you know we tried to capitalize on it as much as we could. Hell yeah. That's cool. Man. How about you? How was your season? I know you hunt the refuges. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it out as much as you do, but yeah, I went, uh, I don't know. I went a handful, a couple handfuls of times. And like I had a couple of pretty good hunts, hunted the bay a few times, uh, a couple of good hunts and then a couple of good refuge hunts this year. We had one, one really good day. There was, Freaking ducks coming in everywhere. Dude. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I like, like I like it when the refuge is like that. Yeah, like, yeah. It was pretty cool. Like I haven't seen that in a while. I mean, there was like I don't even know how many birds, dude. Like, nice. I mean, they were coming in from every every direction. Yeah. It was like, yeah. It was kind of confusing, dude. Like the dog was like didn't know what to do. We didn't. I mean. It was yeah. weird. We were, we were, it was just, we were all thrown off because there was just freaking birds coming in from the left, the right. We were all like, oh, there's a few over there. There's a few over there. There's a few over there. Like, it was just <laughs> like, I don't know. It was almost like, I mean, we should have probably limited out like right. in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But there, it was just kind of confusing just because everything was coming from every direction that we, we were missing. And we were, I mean, I mean, it came down to our last shell right and to get that last bird yeah kind of thing like well, you got him yeah we got him yeah, it was yeah. like yeah we got our limit but it was it was uh it was tough i mean we got our limit plus a couple of ge- few geese yeah i like know three right. geese i think but right that's fun man yeah. it's like that I, I mean that's what keeps like you know that's what keeps me going back to the refuge because i've had some you know like hunts like you're describing there yeah i mean people talk bad about it you know and say oh, all these people and stuff but you know, I usually play the resi game now, so, like, if I draw a good resi, like, I'm yeah. not the guy that's going to camp out there in lotto, like, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm probably going to find something, I don't know, for me, there's probably some that, like, I'm going to go do instead of that, yeah, just because yeah. Just I'm traveling so much, you know, to hunt, because yeah. I live on the coast, but, uh, no, we play the resi game mostly, and, you know, like, like you kind of just described, and we had some really good resi hunts like that, and that's kind of what keeps me going back on those resis, is you never know yeah. when that day might happen. I mean, I've shown up on Bluebird Days when it's just like you described, you know? Yeah. I mean, but obviously, if you got pissing rain and wind, I mean, yeah, you're going to go hunt that resi you got, yeah. no matter what refuge is out, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a... Uh, Pretty crazy hunt this year. I don't know if you saw that one. It was on Christmas Day. Oh really? And, I don't know uh, if I did or not. Me and my sure. bud, me and my buddy linked up, and uh, you know, I mean, I'm a single guy, so it's like I got nobody to spend Christmas with, really. You know, like yeah. I'll, just, I'll spend Christmas Eve at my family's house, and then Christmas Day, I mean, it's just an excuse to go hunting. You know, yeah. I got it off work and everything. You know, so I met up with my buddy Travis, and uh, 
you know, we hiked into this spot. We liked to hunt and, um, and we got in there kind of not knowing what to expect. It was early as a drought year. We'd gotten a couple rains, but we weren't sure how much water there was going to be. And, uh, you know, we got in there and there was just enough water to hunt. Like it was like this little pond of flooded water, you know, and it was like, well, let's see what it brings, you know? And so we set up and, and we just had this crazy hunt where like, you know, it wasn't like a ton of birds, but it was the birds we were shooting. So like we, we started out, you know, killing, you know, killing a couple widgeon, just because it was like, yeah, we're not sure how the day's gonna go. Let's kind of get it rolling, you know. And then I'm like, he's like, oh, go fix the decoy when decoy's flipped over. And then like a widgeon and a mallard come in together, and my gun's in the blind, and like I'm halfway to the decoy, and he pulls up, boom, boom, kills them both, and banded Drake mallard. And it's like, okay, we got banded Drake Mallard, you know, then a wood duck comes in and yeah. we kill a Drake wood duck. And, um, you know, then a hen wood duck comes in. And it's like, wow, we don't really kill wood ducks in this spot, you know, but we got two wood ducks, you know. And yeah. So we're just kind of hunting. And then we had this huge cyclone. It was probably like a hundred widgeon. And they're just like working us. And it's like, okay, here's some grass eaters, you know. And they're yeah. just kind of working us. And one widgeon comes out of the flock and just comes straight into the decoys. I'm like, what the heck? And it lands and it's a Eurasian widgeon. Oh, really? <laughs> Dude. One Eurasian widgeon lands in the decoys. And we both look at each other and go, die. Like, it, it happened so fast. We both got shot at the same time and get this Eurasian widgeon, you know. And so then we added a Eurasian widgeon to the mix and had a storm widgeon that day, you know. And it was just like, <laughs> you know, then we killed a cinnamon teal. And it was just finally I was like I was like hold up and I had there, it's all my uh, waterfowl highlights but it, I finally just like hold up Travis like what the hell is happening right now <laughs> yeah like what have we done like it's just me and him you know yeah. and it's like Christmas Day and it's just like what is going on right now and I'm like well, dude we gotta do a video so we did like a video and I'm like Travis what the hell's happening on Christmas and he's like going through all the different ducks that we shot stuff. And it was just like this crazy mixed bag, like a yeah. band, a Euro widgeon, cinnamon teal, pair of wood ducks, stormy to top it. It's just like huh. one of those days that it's just like, you're not going to repeat it. Yeah. You know? It's just a crazy yeah, day. I, I don't think I've seen that story. Yeah. Yet. There's the, the picture's sick too. Cause we kind of like laid out all the yeah. dope, but it was just one of those days where me and him looked at each other and it's like, this is never going to happen again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's sick. <laughs> yeah, it was dope. So that was probably the most memorable duck hunt, you know, we had. And that was, you know, like Christmas Day. Had another day we killed all mallards. It was on my dog Pistol's birthday and yeah. kind of been saving this hunt up. You know, we, we kind of knew the water was there, but the mallards usually get in there later. So we weren't sure how many mallards were in there, but when we got in there, we busted a bunch of mallards off it. And we're just like, we're like, Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's a mallard day, you know? Yeah. And so we just, we passed on teal, widgeon, a bunch of different ducks and just shot mallards and killed a banded mallard that day for the last bird. You know, nice. it was pretty fun. You know, my dog brings it back. It's her birthday. And it's like the last birds of banded Drake mallard. And Hell yeah. So, yeah, we had a couple, you know, good duck hunts this year. But, like I said, we spent a lot of time goose hunting. Yeah. You know. Hell, yeah. That's cool. So, yeah. you got, your, your your goose set up is what? Like, you got? Three? I got, uh, so I got 600 full bodies. 
Okay. And I got 20-foot uh, goose trailers, so we run mostly snows, but then I got like 10 dozen specs too. Okay. And then we run a bunch of socks. So typically we'll run a big mass of full bodies that me and a couple of buddies put together, and then we'll lay in a big mass of socks. And yeah. It's kind of big and make a, you know, a big mob of white with some specs spickled it. You know, sprinkled into it. I mean, that's kind of the name of the game anymore. And yeah, try to line it up with a day of wind, and you know, oh, see yeah. what happens. You know, I mean, we scout feeds and stuff, and try to figure it out. You know, I had a buddy this year, Jeff. Uh, you know, he was just on the feeds this year, and yeah, just constantly scouting. And I mean, you know, owe a lot to that guy. I mean, he he kept us on most of those goose hunts. You know, he kept them alive and going. Yeah. And, it's like, hey, you know, be, you know, we're gonna do this Saturday or we're gonna do this Sunday, you know, like, you know, let's do it. And you know, oh, we yeah. had some crusher days, and we definitely noticed though, as the season went on, you know, the numbers kind of tapered down. The geese just started getting weary of decoys and stuff. Really? I mean, there's a lot of people hunting them this year. Yeah, so <laughs> I noticed that. Too. Yeah, no, I mean, just, like, I mean, it wasn't like we were the only ones smashing geese. Like people were just smashing yeah. geese this year compared to normal, you know. Yeah. That's kind of what I was seeing, too. I'm like, dang it, I need to get into this goose game. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think the best hunt we had was 133 geese for six guns. And yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, probably 10 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, we're counting limits of specs, you know. I mean, it it was crazy. That's I mean, nice. it was just fun, yeah. And uh, I don't know, a big pile of geese like that, I mean, when they're doing it that good, it's – it's I find it more enjoyable than the duck hunting myself for yeah. sure. I mean, just big wads of geese like that coming in and Hell calling yeah. the shot and laying into them with your buddies. It's just an adrenaline rush, you know. Yeah. And just throwing, you know, you got them all piled up behind you, you know, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I was saying earlier, like I haven't really done like a specific like a goose hunt like that. I've just done like I've always duck hunted, and then like if if geese do it, then I'll yeah shoot them you know like i'll get a couple here and there oh, but yeah. not like get a speck in the marsh or whatnot yeah. you know always a nice like bonus bird to a refuge yeah. limit hell yeah or just you know it's basically pass shooting because yeah. I, I don't even know how to call the damn thing so for me it's always just been pass shooting a goose here uh, it's, like, it's always fun to get a goose in the marsh like in, yeah. the, in the middle of your duck hunt it's like oh this this pair of geese are gonna come right yeah. over like you're any guys you know no one can call but they just fly right over the top at 40 hell yeah and, you sit like, up and kill one or two, you know, it's fucking yep, cool. Exactly. Hell yeah. So you, uh, I know for me personally, and I know other guys struggle with uh, the culinary technique of cooking waterfowl. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that on your podcast, just people saying, like, how bad yeah. waterfowl are. And it, it just, God, it makes me cringe because, like, I, I love eating ducks. Yeah. Like, you know, like people like people say like, hey, if somebody says they love eating ducks, they're lying to you. Like, it's not true. I grew up eating ducks my whole life. You know, a lot of it's the ducks you shoot yeah, and where you're shooting them and, you know, taking proper care of them. You know, like, you know, I don't I don't I'm not here to bash on anybody because people, you know, they do it. Do whatever you want to do with it. Right. But yeah, I just know so many guys that, you know, they'll smash out to the refuge for the weekend. Right. They live in like the coast or something. They'll spend the whole weekend at the refuge shooting ducks, and they're just throwing whole ducks in the back of their truck. Yeah. And then they drive all the way back home, and they don't even do anything with them till they get back home. And then it's like Sunday night, ten o'clock, and it's like, oh, I gotta clean these ducks. Like I'll just do it tomorrow. And before you know, I mean, you got ducks you killed Saturday that have been sitting for two days in yeah. the back of your truck, like. I'll tell you right now, that duck ain't going to taste good. Like, yeah. you know what 
what I mean? Like, that's just the name of the game. Like, you, you yeah. got to take better care of them. It's like, what, you know, what do you do when you kill a deer, right? You're yeah. immediately gutting that deer out, getting the heat off it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, just I just it just seems like people don't treat waterfowl with the same respect, you know? And, yeah. um, you know, when I go into a duck hunt, for example, I'll just use duck hunting for an example. But, you know, say I'm at the refuge duck hunting. I'm I'm not starting off my day shooting a widgeon or a spoonie, you know, over the decoys. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm looking for like a sprig, a teal, rice fed, you know, a mallard that's going back and forth between the rice and the marsh. You know, I mean, I'm trying to pick, you know, like my goal is to try to pick quality ducks that I want to eat. You know, like ducks that I don't like to eat that much. You know, like spoonies, gadwall, widgeon, cinnamon teal. You know, cinnamon teal. I mean, you're gonna kill a cinnamon teal every time because he's just cool looking. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. They're just they're bug. They're naturally bug eaters. They don't leave the marsh that much. They're not. You know, widgeon you'll get in the rice, but then they'll go straight to the refuge. And if you watch them, I mean, they eat a lot of bugs and stuff. And they're just not. You know, their nutrition is just not there for cooking a whole duck. So I mean, you know, like my ideal limit is you know, six sprig and I mean, sorry, not six sprig. That is my ideal limit, but not six, sprig. <laughs> six teal and a sprig. Yeah. I mean, I, teal are excellent. They're eating the right, they're getting in the rice, they're eating the right stuff. And then sprig, I mean, those are, I mean, that's top of the line waterfowl. Like if I go with a bunch of buddies that claim they don't like to eat duck, like I'm trading them out gadwall and widgeon for their sprig, you know, at the end of the day, because yeah. I want to pick those sprig and eat them whole. I mean, they're just good ducks. And yeah, you know, obviously, like in Humboldt, you know, we get ducks that migrate into the bay. And this is a big reason why I don't hunt Humboldt anymore is because the nutrition of the ducks, once they enter Humboldt Bay, they immediately, you know, they'll eat like some seeds and stuff on the edge of the bay when it's high tide. But when it's low tide, they just, they'll go start eating like clams and stuff off the mud. And it's just not the right nutrition for them. And it just makes them taste terrible within like a couple weeks of being on that bay so when i target ducks on humble bay it's mostly like in november early because they're just migrating in like you're seeing waves of ducks coming into the bay you know they're just coming down from alaska and it's like okay these are fresh birds you know they're tasting good they're coming from the right nutrition but once they've been here for a couple weeks they're you know you're not going to want to eat them anymore. Yeah. And then I head over to the valley because I know those birds are eating rice and good nutrients. And yeah, like I said, I try to shoot, you know, sprigs, teals, you know, mallards are really good over there because the mallards even will, they'll eat the right stuff in the marsh. And if you get them like in the rice, they're really good. Um, but then there's other ducks that, you know, they're just not eating the right nutrients. But obviously we shoot those ducks. I'm not saying I don't shoot those ducks. Like, I'll yeah. give it a little bit into the hunt, you know, like give it an hour or two. And if it looks like it's a slow hunt, yeah, you're doing I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm shooting anything. I'm trying to make the hunt a hunt, and it's going to yeah. be breasted out, man to poppers, sausage, yeah, whatever. But, you know, you can't just take a spoonbill and go, well, I think I'm going to try duck again and pick a spoonbill and try to cook them whole. It ain't going to go good for you, you know. <laughs> so I think ducks get a bad rap just because of a couple of things. But, I mean, I, I really do enjoy eating duck. I yeah. smoke a lot of them on the Traeger, and then um, I do a lot of them on the barbecue too. And the okay. thing with ducks is cook them hot and fast and eat them rare, you know. Don't, don't yeah. overcook them because they get real dry to the point you get, like, cotton mouth. And yeah. 
you don't want to, you know, you just don't want to eat them after that and you're giving them to the dog and stuff. Yeah. And then what I like to do is I like to take like plum jelly and barbecue sauce and I mix that together as like a base to like spread on the duck. And that's a really good base to like spread on the duck when you barbecue them or smoke them. Okay. Um, huh. So, you know, so that's, that's my thing like eating ducks. It's like, you know, if you want to eat, if you want to try eating ducks, you know, eat quality ducks. And I mean, a bull sprig, if you pick them all the way and, you know, you cook them right, I mean, he's going to taste really good. Yeah. Specs are really good, too. Hell, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's right, yeah. Specs are really good. So, yeah. what do you what do? You do? Like, if, you, if, you're, if you're hunting for a weekend, like, say you go, say you go somewhere Friday night and you're hunting, you hunt Saturday, you shoot a limit, and you're wherever, at a trailer, at a club, at a... Right camping whatever like what do you do with those ducks that day when you get back to camp if you're going to hunt the next day and you're you're not going to be home or like in a, getting those ducks into a fridge like what do you do with them yeah so we so what we'll do is we'll bring like some water with us like a gallon or two gallons of water with us we'll bring like a bucket and then we you know we pick them at the end of the day we gut them out you know you cut their tail off you gut them out get all the guts out of them and then we wash them in like a bucket of water to try to get most of the blood and stuff out of them yeah yeah and then we hang them up and let them dry out you want them to dry out you don't want them to stay wet and then once they kind of dry out to where they're not wet anymore then just stick them in an ice chest okay and then you know like when you you can either do it before you freeze them or after you freeze them, but at some point you want to like blood soak them in salt water. Yeah, yeah. And try to just extract, because you're not going to get all of it with like a quick wash, you know, but at least you're getting those guts, like those guts aren't resting against the meat, you know Yeah, yeah. Mean? And that's like the big point to gutting a deer, right? Like you got a deer out, like, you know, you'll, you'll finish cleaning them up later, but the main thing is get the guts out, try to get all the big stuff you can out of them, get them as cleaned out as you can, and then, you know, you can fine tune them later on, but that's... You know, if you want a good taste in deer, you know, you want to do that off. Yeah. The, you want to get as much done as you can off the bat and, yeah. you know, fine tune it in later. And so, like, you know, ducks, that's the main thing that like guys hunt. You know, then at the end of the day, they just don't, you know, they want to kick back, drink beer. Like, we just drink beer and pick ducks. But a lot of guys just want to sit down and drink beer and yeah. throw the well, ducks in the bed of the truck. Like, yeah. You're right. Like, a lot of, like, it's it's, it's like, almost It's almost like work. Like, you got to kind of yeah. treat it like... You know, you got to kind of treat it like the work's not over at the end of the hunt. Like, you pack all those decoys out and stuff. Yeah. You got to kind of have that attitude like, oh, shoot, I still got to go yeah. pick and clean my ducks, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. you're right. Because, like, a lot of guys, they do treat ducks different than, like, a deer or something. Like, everybody knows that you got to gut the deer right away. But nobody... Like a lot of guys don't don't. Yeah, and do I'm not saying I'm not saying I gut my ducks like well, everyone no, I kill. But right no, away, I'm just saying like, like I mean that's a long time. Like if you are like letting your ducks rest for a couple of days for a couple of days. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. they're not gonna. You're yeah. just you're just you're setting yourself up for failure there. You know. Yeah, yeah. They're not gonna taste good. Yep. So I mean, I'm I'm a strong believer in that, and I was always as I grew up, you know, my family was always big on like after the hunt we clean our birds you know and yeah that's just kind of the way i was raised and always stuck to it and we yeah. get quality birds out of it and, you know all the guys i hunt with they they like eating you know they like eating birds and stuff too and you know some of the guys i hunt with they didn't enjoy eating birds and stuff before they met me and you know and then you know you kind of get this transition of they don't want to clean the ducks after the hunt yeah but it's like 
I'm kind of like pushing it to the next level. Like, no, we are cleaning the ducks after like we have to. Like, this is the way I was taught. Like, if we do it any other way, it just doesn't make sense, you know. Yeah. And so that's what we do. I mean, yeah. it's yeah, and we get quality birds out of it. But if you're gonna just breast them out, turn them in the sausage or whatnot, I mean, they're you know they're fine to do that with because you're just cutting the breast off the carcass. You know, you're not actually getting that meat off the carcass. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it just matters what you're gonna do with them, but. If you kill quality birds, my favorite three birds are bull sprig, a speckle belly goose, and a green wing teal. And uh -huh. then a mallard eating rice or in a good marsh is very good too. Uh -huh. um, but those are my favorite birds. Anything else, yeah, you might as well breast them out and yeah, you know, put them in the sausage pile. Yep. And specks, like if you kill a pile of specks, I'm not saying pick all ten of your specks, but. Yeah. Pick a couple of nice fat ones, you know, and yeah. press the rest of them out. I mean, they're good eating. Hell yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'll probably definitely be uh, picking your brain uh, for sure next waterfowl season, trying to figure out some, or maybe this, I don't know, I have a pile of meat, small, well, not, a, not a huge pile, small pile. I was probably just going to take to get get some sticks made out of. Yeah, we just got our sticks. And Did you? We do sticks, brats, and linguisa. And yeah. it comes out really good. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, with all the goose, all the goose yeah. meat, you have to do it. Yeah. You, know? you got to yeah. switch it up. That'd be a lot of money in sticks. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding, huh? Hell yeah, dude. So what's your uh, what's your plans for this coming this coming season? You know, I'm pretty. Uh, well, we're rolling into fish. Fish? Are you you're are you focused on fishing right now, or are you? What well, are you doing so right now? so right now I'm just uh, you know I hunted last week and it was the late goose season. Um, we shot some snows and you know I think we killed 27 in a band on Saturday and okay it was just you know it wasn't you know it wasn't always drummed up to be there kind of playing hard to get. I guess some guys shot them really good today, which is really awesome. Yeah, I mean it's good to hear that the geese kind of finally played for people, but yeah, it was a tough opening day. And so I hunted opener, but I'm, I'm getting ready like this week and I'm switching gears to steelhead and okay. start pulling some plugs. You know, we got a drift boat back on the coast and you know, yeah. I love plugging steelhead. Um, yeah. it's been something I always grew up doing. Like, you know, when I was a kid, we lived in a trailer on the river when I was uh -huh. growing up. And my dad, actually, when I was like a baby, my mom was going to college and he would put me in the bow of the drift boat and strap me in a car seat in like the little like shelf part of the bow of the drift yeah. boat just so he could see me at all times. And he'd go on the Mad River right there in Arcata at her hometown and he'd pull plugs looking at me <laughs> in, in a car seat strapped to a drift boat going down the river. And my mom caught my mom caught him. I mean, I wasn't old enough to remember this, but I guess my mom caught him one day. She Her class got canceled and... He comes rolling in the takeout. That's like before cell phones and, you know, all that stuff, you know, yeah. and it was really popular. And she just flipped a little. <laughs> and I'm just a little, I'm like a baby smiling at the drift boat going down the river, down yeah. the currents, you know. And so, I mean, I've been doing it, you know, since I was a kid, you know, plugging steelhead salmon, fishing yeah. the ocean. But um, that's the next big thing is, you know, end of March, steelhead season runs through. So I'll be pretty much steelhead fishing through the end of March. I'm going to try to get another late season goose hunting. Northeastern's still open. Uh -huh. uh, might bounce around up there somewhere if the wind and stuff lines up, but no yeah. really concrete plans to do so. Yeah. Otherwise be chasing steelhead until turkey season gets rolling. Hell yeah. 
Thanks, dude. Yeah, because I love turkey hunting. Yeah. Yeah, they are yeah. something dude, else. I still haven't really turkey hunted. Oh, man. Calling a gobbler in, like, you know, we run, like, uh, we're on, like, DSDs. We'll run, like, a strutter and a couple yeah. hands and stuff. And not like, get a big gobbler to come in and beat up your strutter decoy, knock it off the stake and roll it around. And you're just, you know, a lot of times we catch ourselves just enjoying the show. And yeah. it'll be, like, a really nice gobbler that... He'll kind of realize it's like, well, shit, this ain't real, you know. And he'll start to like skirt out, and yeah, you know, we've shot a couple of nice gobblers like on the run on their way out of the decoys just because we've enjoyed watching the show so much. Yeah, so I'm like <laughs> knocking the decoy off the stake or you know getting after a hen decoy, you know, and yeah. mounting her up and stuff. And it, it's yeah, the turkey hunting's a lot of fun. That's I, funny. I try to kill my three gobblers, you know, every year. And yeah. I usually go every weekend, and I, I got some good spots to go. Really? Fortunately, so yeah. Um, it, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, getting turkeys in close range like that. I know it's, it's funny. I feel like turkey hunting is one of those things that like, you don't really, a lot of people don't like understand until you, until you like experience it. Yeah. Like, you know, like I, I got a buddy, you know, he's got a really nice ranch on out on highway 36 and he's got a bunch of turkeys out there. And, uh, it's funny because I talked to him about turkey hunting and I'm like, you got any turkeys on your ranch? He's like, Oh yeah, I know. I shot one of my 30 out six, you know? And, it's like, it's like, well, well what is like, yeah, I was like, two, yeah, the whole, yeah, I was like 200 yards and, you know, we were drinking a few beers and we just figured, you know, we have turkey that afternoon for lunch or something. So yeah, I just blast on my 30 out six. I'm like, don't you want to call them in or anything? He's like, call them in. What the heck are you talking? Like, you know, so people just, they don't understand like the side, you know, until, yeah. and like you said, like once you experience it and you get a turkey in close, like I shake still yeah. when I get a nice gobbler and close and he's beat the shell of the decoy like yeah. i still get the jitters you know because it's yeah, just I, adrenaline rushing i haven't done it yet so i don't but I, I i get it though just because like people say the same thing about duck hunting they're like why would you want to go fucking shoot a bunch of ducks flying around like yeah. but when they like commit and they come in all tight and like yeah when you when i don't know dude there's not something about fooling ducks i mean yeah. and turkeys i mean ducks with me like especially seasoned, late-season ducks. Like, there's nothing like, you know, being in the middle of January. People have been just hammering these ducks. Yeah. And you go out on a hunt, and you just got them just, I mean, they're just doing it filthy for you, and you're just like, these are seasoned ducks doing it filthy. And, yeah. Or seasoned geese. You know, just seasoned waterfowl doing it good for you. It's like a satisfaction, you know? Yeah. And it's fun when they commit, like you said. And, yeah. you know, a day kind of like you described at the refuge, I mean – yeah, you know, that's, I had a couple of days like that too this year where, you know, when those days line up, it makes it all worth it, you know. Yeah, Hell yeah. for sure. Yeah, I'll have to get try to get out on a turkey hunt. I've had a couple guys like, I'll take you out. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I don't know. I might try to. Yeah. So be then. Fun to get one with the bow. Yeah, I've killed two with my bow. Have you? Yeah, and they're yeah. they're fine. I mean, the one thing with turkeys, both the ones I killed my bow, I've tried to shoot at a couple like straight on. It's funny. I used to hunt. Uh, I actually used to hunt public ground on Highway 20 for him and, uh, when I was going to Chico State. And I, I had an encounter with a gobbler at opening day one time, and he saw me, and he was like 40 yards. And I pulled back on him, and, I'm, and I had guillotines. You ever seen those guillotine oh, arrows, God. the ones Arrow that cut heads? their head? Yeah. The, well, yeah. the ones that cut their head off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had guillotines, and I was like, committed to like you know guillotine and a turkey i did i had like i think one field point or something but i was just trying to guillotine so i had a guillotine knocked up 
and this turkey's looking at me, and so I shoot it, and he just dodges my arrow. So then I rack another guillotine, and I shoot, I shoot three arrows at this turkey, and he's just like looking straight at me, and he's just dodging these arrows at 40 really? yards. They're just, they're quick, man. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? So then I pick the, I stick the field tip in, and he takes off running. I never got him, and it's like, man, I just got fooled by this gobbler. You yeah. shoot guillotines at him. So now, ever since that experience, I never, that was actually the first turkey I was going to get my bow. Like an idiot, I go out like, oh, yeah, I'm going to guillotine a gobbler, my first gobbler, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, <laughs> you better freaking, yeah, you better get a couple under your belt before you try that because yeah. they're pretty smart. So I just <laughs> usually let them get in, and then as soon as they turn away from me, I'll yeah. just freaking shoot them right in the back, and yeah. then just, it crunches them pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But I haven't done it in a while. Like I said, I I mean, I don't bow hunt a lot. It's like only if I get drawn for that, you know, that archery tag I put in for. Yeah. I was pretty into it there for a little bit, but I kind of just grew out of it just mainly because I was just doing so much stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I got, you know, and, I, and that's, you know, after turkey season, I started ocean fishing. And once I got my own ocean boat, you know, it kind of overlaps with bow season. And I just kind of lost interest in yeah. that bow season because I just like, you know, catching king salmon and albacore and halibut, you know, on the ocean. Yeah. And I was always like, oh, rifles, you know, I'll just go when rifle season starts. Yeah. And that makes sense. Kind of got away from bow hunting a little bit there. But, you know, like I was telling you, I got drawn for that Koval archery tag. And, you know, as soon as I knew I got drawn for that, it was just like practice, practice, practice. And I yeah, got yeah. ready for that. And I smoked a nice buck on that hunt. And nice. that was a cool gig. But, Hell yeah. Yeah, so after turkeys, start catching king salmon in May, and you know, pretty much do that till August. Just yeah. target king salmon out on the ocean, and okay, just rope on them pretty good with a bunch of friends. I just go every weekend, and I got different buddies and stuff that come with me every weekend, and yeah, it's it's pretty fun gig, and you know, we we rope on them pretty good and catch some nice kings. Yeah, nice. Sounds like you got a a season long or a year long. Uh, thing going on yeah it just kind of <laughs> fills in my season and then uh yeah, yeah asked earlier what i had going on this year um i'm just gonna blacktail hunt like i normally do i hope to get back in the alps this year i kind of veered away from it with all the smoke and the fire stuff happening this year and kind of stuck more to the coast and then hunting a couple new spots but i hope to get back in the trinity alps this year early in the season and yeah obviously hunt the coast you know i always hunt the coast just because it gets me out there a little bit earlier in the season and yeah um, and then, yeah, I just kind of my normal season doing that and end up at the, you know, ranch trying to target a nice buck and, okay. um, do, do the, that. do the coastal deers up deers <laughs> <laughs> catching deers. No, do the coastal, uh, deer up there. Does it seem like they rut early, earlier no, than they, if they rut, it's like the last weekend and they rarely do it. Really? But, uh, I did hunt the rut one year and they were doing it the year you know one year i was up there during the rut and i it had rained a lot so i had a feeling it was going to be a good rut yeah but i killed a smoker blacktail and that really? was back in 2016 it was the same year i got drawn for that uh archery tag okay so i had one tag and uh that's where i ended up burning my b-zone tag was on the coast on it was like a 22 inch blacktail okay maybe just a bomber buck you know yeah. and um yeah it was that was a cool deal. And then, you know, the whole season I just bear hunted after that. Yeah. And, uh, then we had to wait till November to go on that archery hunt after I got back from Colorado that year, you yeah, know? Yeah. 
But uh, no, it's uh, some years they rut early, some years they don't. I mean, it's just a matter of how much rain you get, you know, but it's kind of hard to bank on it just because by that point, all the, all the zones are pretty much open. Yeah. Obviously, uh, I think A zone's closed, obviously, then because it closes earlier. But, yeah. you know, you got all the B zones open and stuff. So, well, I mean, a lot of guys like talking about A zone bucks, like they're rutting like the way lot. earlier than. Yeah, that. and they, I think they do in A zone just because I think it's so hot down there. Yeah, they rut like, it, like in like September. Yeah, like, you <laughs> know, like, like on that coastal Early October. Yeah, like that coastal zone that I'm. Like a hot day is like eighty degrees. Yeah, the coastal up here by you is a little bit more. Yeah, so like that zone, you know, it's a little different. Then obviously all the other B zones are later. Yeah. So you know they're they're seeing the rut, you know, like later, you know, because the last weekend's like the last weekend of October. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're seeing the ruts, you know, on that. But that that area is kind of weird. Like, but if you had to pick, like, oh, am I gonna hunt? You know, this the zone on the coast, or am I gonna go hunt like the Trinity Alps or the Yoli Boys or Mesa? Yeah. Like I you know, you'd rather want to hunt those areas than hunt the coast. Yeah. I mean it's just not it's just too unpredictable. It's just more something to like get out there before the season and try to get into shape and stuff, you know. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Hell yeah, man. But uh yeah, so after deer season we got plans to go back to Colorado again this year. It's kinda of making that a tradition to go do that every year. Oh yeah um so yeah always always looking forward to that you know hunt that third season it's that first week of november and we just go back there and get over the counter bull tags and yeah do the bull yeah. thing we, we try to put in for cow tags like it's a draw for cow tags for some certain units so sometimes we'll draw a cow tag sometimes we won't like a couple years of drawing a couple cow tags so okay we kind of play that game but the nice thing about getting a cow tag when you're back there is you know i, I mean for us we're usually always at least seeing some cows uh-huh. The bulls might be a little harder to turn up, but, you know, like we had one year back there where we just couldn't turn up a bull. Yeah. And we luckily, it was a year we drew two cow tags for like five of us. So yeah. So we, we at least came home with two cow elk, you know. I think that was the toughest year we had back there. And Okay. So it's kind of nice having a cow tag in your pocket yeah. just in case it's like getting towards the end of the season. You're like, oh, I, I you know. Yeah. I mean, we all want meat, you know. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I'm fine with a cow tag. Yeah, bull's cool, <laughs> but I mean, I want to come home with meat at the end of the day, you know. Oh, yeah. And when we used to hunt Idaho and Utah, we just went on cow hunts. Yeah. yeah those weren't bull hunts. We just go on cow elk hunts. Yeah. So that was a fun gig. Nice, dude. Hell yeah. Well, shit, man. I appreciate you coming over. What, is, what are we at? We're at 15, hour and fifteen. Hour fifteen. Anything else you want to hit? I don't know. I think we're probably good yeah what do you think i'm good if you're good i think so um yeah dude we'll have to stay in touch and maybe we'll touch base like next year or or this coming season or something and see how your fishing season's going or something you you like to fish at all yeah Uh, yeah we go i don't i don't fish much but i do like it i mean i we go up to oregon my wife's uncle has a drift boat in oregon and we go on like the rogue and like the umqua and stuff up yeah. there and like he still heads and steelhead fishes and salmon fishes and stuff and then and then we'll take his buddy has a like a north river and we'll take out on the coast and oh yeah fish for whatever rock fish and stuff like that yeah um so yeah we get out when we go up there but like honestly down here i don't really i don't really fish that much yeah i mean you know california um you know, I mean, there's just, Oregon's just so full of opportunities, so many more rivers, and yeah. it's, it's 
it's a lot more uh, inviting to go fishing in California. California's got so many dang regulations. And yeah. A lot of the rivers you can't even keep a fish on anymore. And I mean, I really, I enjoy catching at least, you know, I enjoy the fight, but what it comes down to for a lot of guys is, you know, if they catch a fish, you know, they want to, they want to kill it and take it home and eat it, you know, yeah. and uh, it's California fishing the rivers mainly. I mean, that's something you kind of got to overcome unless you're fishing one of the few rivers that have a hatchery on it, you know. And yeah. Like Oregon, you kill, you know, five wild steel at a year. So if you go out and catch a steelhead, you can, you can keep a steelhead if you want to eat the steelhead. So, yeah. you know, it's just, I don't know, it's a little easier, I feel like, for people to want to go fishing uh-huh. in Oregon on rivers versus California. But, like, you know, when it comes to the ocean, man, it's yeah the ocean, even California, it's, it's just as fun as Oregon. I mean, you go yeah. out there and crunch some rockfish and – yeah. We catch salmon, halibut, and then later in the year we'll chase albacore tuna, you know. We yeah. got a boat up there out of Eureka and we're yeah, up yeah. on the albacore. That's probably the most adrenaline rushing really? thing I do nice. is albacore fishing. Like it's, you know, we run like hand lines and rods and yeah. um, when they go off, man, I mean, you're in them. It's, you're flipping, like you'll have like seven on at one time and yeah. flipping them in the boat. And, you know, we put up up to like a hundred fish days, you know, Hell yeah. albacore fishing. Really? And yeah. It's, it's a blast, but you got to get in them because you obviously have those days. Like if you catch 10, it's kind of a slow day, you know? Yeah. But yeah, a good spot to be at. It's like 40, 50 albacore. That's just like enough action to like, you know, keep you going all day long, but at yeah. the end of the day, you got a lot of fish too to deal with. So, hell yeah, it's a no, it's a good time. That's but, cool, man. Yeah, appreciate you bringing. Would Would you bring me over? You brought me some canned. Yeah, I brought uh, you a couple jars of some canned albacore I did, and uh, I also did a jar of uh, some canned deer I did. You know, like some taco meat from that buck I shot this season. Hell yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited. I appreciate that, dude. That's yeah, good. I know for sure. Like I said, just trying to spread the wealth a little bit. You I mean, know, I don't, I don't, I don't kill anything myself, so it's <laughs> nice when somebody. You got some <laughs> duck. Maybe you should try canning some of that duck. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. No, I was talking to when I had Charlie on. I was thinking. I was talking to him about maybe. I don't know. I think he's going to start a fishing thing here soon. Yeah. So yeah, I was thinking about maybe booking a fishing trip out of, out of the bay or something with him, but. For this this year if he's doing it well I, that's what i was gonna say i mean you know i fish you know like i start in may and i fish till like september yeah and uh you know sometimes i'm you know sometimes i mean like most of the time i got people just like begging to go but yeah, then you'll hit those <laughs> random weekends where like you can't turn up somebody to go so really yeah so i'll just add you to the list of people yeah, to man. hit up maybe and maybe a line up you know yeah, but let me know, it's, man. A, it's a good time yeah i'll cruise up yeah, I just run like, you know, I got a 17-foot whaler I run, you know, okay. out of a Shelter Cove, and yeah, uh, we got a house there and stuff, so we I just bomb down there on the weekends and, nice. you know, fish out of there, and, uh, you know, it's it's a good time for sure, and there's, you know, there's good guides there too. I mean, there's a couple charter boats out of there. Is there? Okay. Um, yeah, Seahawk Sport Fishing and Come On Sport Fishing, and I mean, those guys are rock-solid guys. We all work together to find fish and stuff. And oh, nice. It's, it's super chill. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Nice, man. It sounds like you got a busy year. Kind of always not. try to always keep it busy. Like I said, you got to try to do it all a little bit. You know, I mean, it, it takes away from what I'd like to do sometimes. Like one thing I don't get to do a lot of is scout for deer. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, yeah. It, you know, and it kind of bothers me a little bit, 
because like if you turn up a nice buck and you you know you got no ideas there and you blow an opportunity because you didn't like do your homework and know he's there yeah you know it kind of i don't know kind of burns me up a little bit because it's like well i was roping on some salmon or i was catching out like i probably should have been up here seeing where where that buck was but no instead i'm catching fish but yeah you know there's not enough days in the year man yeah but a thing that works (laughs) for me is like you know i've been shown by my family like some really good spots and um I kind of just take that knowledge for granted and I just kind of hit those spots and, you know, I've been lucky enough that they've produced positive results deer hunting for me. And yeah, that's kind of my gig, you know, like I, I don't spend a lot of time scouting and stuff and California's tough. Like, you know, it's, you know, it's a state where you got to usually put in your work scouting and stuff, but yeah. that's one thing that I've been fortunate to have is being able to have been shown a lot of spots to where, ultimately like these are spots i could go back to and yeah they they they've kept producing for me like obviously there's spots that i've been shown that don't produce anymore but yeah you know i still got that handful of spots that you could just roll into and yeah. they're just family tradition spots that they just produce you know yeah. and that's kind yeah. of been my tool for scouting is just kind of drink beer and go fishing yeah bomb in there when the season opens you know <laughs> Whatever works, dude. Whatever works, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it is probably some, it's probably like, yeah, like a habit or like knowledge that you don't even realize like some is there. And it you just, just roll kinda, in and you kind of know, somewhat know like how, what the pattern of like where deer are or what way, the direction yeah. they come in or whatever it is. No, you and just like, kind of know what the deer are doing. Like, you know, I mean, I, I've killed a lot of blacktail over the years. You know, I, I've killed over, you know, 30 blacktail in my lifetime. And, you know, just every different one tells a different story. Yeah. And and if you just, like, combine all of those different stories together, yeah, it's just like, I don't know, it's just like this crazy, like, wealth of knowledge, like, yeah. oh, well, this deer did this, well, this deer did this, you know. And it starts clicking. And you kind of, like, walk through these areas, and it's like, well, this kind of looks like an area that a deer did this in the past, you know, yeah. let's, let's see if that happens again or history repeats itself and history does i mean it does i've killed a lot of bucks in just the same spot really like identical like roll into a spot like sit down start glassing like oh you know i glassed a buck right here one time and yeah focus on that spot like an hour later a buck (laughs) it's like it's just crazy (laughs) like that you know and it's i don't know it's just more of an experience thing and just my dad showed me a lot growing up and yeah, I got to watch him shoot a lot of bucks growing up. Uh huh. So it's not only the the bucks I've got to harvest, but it's like bucks that like my dad and my grandfather got to harvest that I got to witness and be part of. Yeah. And it's just like it just contributes to like you know it's like buddies shooting bucks too and stuff like. Hell yeah. The more deer you can see, you know, see out there, especially mature bucks that are harvested. I mean, the more you're gonna learn from it, you know. Yeah. And uh, just super cool. I I mean I. Yeah, I'm very, I'm really blessed to have all the opportunities and have the people teach me what I've been taught. And, yeah. you know, to say that it's all me would just be a joke. I mean, I've been, I've been shown and all I'm doing is just trying to like tweak it a little bit and fine tune it, you know, yeah. that's, that's it. Just try to fine tune what I've been shown. Well, you're doing good so far, man. Yeah, I tried to, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, right on, man. Well, like I said, I appreciate you coming out, man. You made a trip down here you were working down here but yeah but 
Yeah. Yeah, I got to go check on the night crew tonight. Fucking see what they got going on. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, for yeah. sure. But I appreciate you having me on for sure. It's been great bullshitting about yeah, man, fish fun. and fishing a little bit. Some that doesn't, you know, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts. Doesn't yeah, make I haven't really had any much. fishing conversations going on yet, I don't think. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, for sure, man. I like what you're doing and yeah, keep it up. And yeah, hopefully have me, you know, get on another podcast with you maybe next year after we get another yeah. season rolled through. For sure, dude. Yeah. Maybe we'll uh, do one when we go fishing. When you, that'd when, be when pre- you invite me up there to go fishing. That'd be, that'd be pretty fun. Like <laughs> we'll redo it on the boat. <laughs> that'd be pretty fun. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, we got one on. <laughs> yeah, dude. For sure. Right on, dude. Well, thank you again. Yep. Sounds good. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me on Instagram at mountain.vision or my personal Instagram page at Blue Collar Harvester. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening.